welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 27th of May 2017. If you just heard that strange noise at the beginning of the diary, that was actually my timer, the results machine, just counting down to the end of my final writing session. I have literally in the five minutes, uh, last five minutes, just finished my writing quotas for today. And I'm trying to get the diary recorded before my wife gets home from work so that I'm, I'm ahead rather than behind for the day. So I have just completed uh, 5,064 words of Burden of Guilt. That takes me up to something like 36,500 words of that book. We've got 15,000 words to go. That novel has to be written by, well, it's got to be written in about two weeks' time because I've got to go through it, do my edits on it, and have it ready for Helen Vazal at the end of this month. And I got something on which I'll tell you about in a diary or two's time. Something quite exciting coming up, actually, in a couple of weeks' time. Nothing to do with writing, by the way. Um, but I'll tell you about that when we get to it in terms of diaries. Um, so all going well with Burden of Guilt. I um, I put some time by this week because I thought, right, we're getting to the end now. And I really ought to think about uh, you know how this is all going to pan out and, and end. And I, I know how it ends. I've, I've known that virtually right from the start. But I sat down trying to plan out the four chapters and thought, you know, I don't really want to do this. So, uh, because I actually like to f- figure out a lot of it as it goes along. I know, I know who's got to be where and when and where it's all going to happen. So I, I decided to abandon that and just did the beats for, for today's writing that I've just done. And I do find that if, um, if I trust emergence, if I, if I know what the beats are, the basic structure of what I'm writing for the day, that generally the rest kind of works itself out. And I know where I'm heading and I know where I've got to be in 15,000 words time. So I'm moving towards that. But actually, I do prefer to write it out and figure it out in the writing. I, I really, it really wouldn't suit me hyper planning. I, I am trying to plan out more and have a, a better idea of where I'm going. But I really, I really could not hyper plan a book right down to every detail because I can't see a story like that. Because to me, a lot of the time when you're writing, um, the story really does take care of itself. You, you put people in situations and places and things happen. And, it, and it's kind of obvious almost what would have to happen next. And the, the way I think, the way my brain works, I couldn't sit and figure that all out for a whole book. I, I really don't think I'm actually capable of doing it. So I, I'd be interested to hear from you how how you do this. Because I, I really want to aspire to plan more. Um, but I just don't feel like I could do it. I'm planning pretty well as much as I think I can at the moment with a with a rough skeleton. And unfortunately, touch wood, it seems to be working so far. Now, I've got lots of news for you this week. I'm going to have to rattle through it um, to try and make this half an hour. Um, but I just wanted to say to you that I'm on I'm on the cusp. I'm on the cusp of some really big. Well, you know, you know what it's like when you're in the author and you're trying to get things going. I'm on the cusp, though, of some milestones in my author career. So I hit one important milestone this week. And um, I don't know about you, but I've when I wrote science fiction, the Secret Bunker trilogy and the Grid trilogy, I think they, they used to get some page reads, but never anything that I, I looked really twice at. It was just cursory page reads. Um, but with these thrillers that I've launched now, 
Um, so far this month, so where are we now? Day 26 at the time of recording this. Uh, in this month, in May, I've so far, and I just jotted these figures down before I started recording this, I've had 104,179 page reads on those crime thrillers alone. So I'm not counting anything to do with the sci-fi. That's all crime. Now, I have never had anything like that in my writing career. And I don't know where it's come from. I could only assume, because I always I always um, make my books available for reads. And as I say, I have been getting some reads on the other books, but nothing that excited me in any way. But um, 104,000 seems all right to me. Now, again, if you've got more experience of this than me, if you, if you get page reads, I've never had them before. This is literally the first month I've ever been mildly excited about my page reads. So um, if you get page reads, can you just let me know? Is, you know, is 104,000, is that good, bad, indifferent? Um, you know, what kind of page reads do you get? I really, I don't really have a ballpark for this. Um, but, but, you know, I'm excited about it. So target number one was I have exceeded 100,000 page reads, which I was hoping to do by the end of May. And I, I did that. A uh, day or two ago, which is great. It's going up by about, I don't know, you know, two, two and a half, maybe 5,000 a day, which is quite a lot of books when you think about it. Um, the other target that I'm going for, as far as the books are concerned, is I'm hoping to become, and I mentioned this last week, a four figure dollars author. Now that's not going to be a four figure pounds author, not this month, not unless something miraculous happens. But at the time of recording this, the, the earnings that are showing in, in my book reports, whatever it's called, book reports, are $947.22. So I've, I've done a little bit of calculation. I've divided that by the 26 days that we've had so far in May, multiplied it by the 31 days we are going to have. And if, if that continues to earn out at the average that it has been all month, then it should be about $1,100 uh, by the end of May. Uh, so I, that's not going to make a thousand pounds, I don't think. But I'm really, well, what have I got? $53 to go in. How many days? One, two, three, four, five days. Five days to earn $50. I, I, I should, I don't want to tempt fate, but I should be able to earn that fairly comfortably. So I'm hoping this time next week, I will be telling you that I am a four-figure dollars author. Blimey, it's taken a long time to get here if I am. And, and I'm not hopeful that it's even going to continue next month. You know, it's, it's, we've, I mean, when did I launch these books? Uh, well, I had the promos. We, really, I think this is just a, a consequence of the promos that I did on free books and everything else. So I think this will, it must, it must keel over at some point and it'll be interesting to see what it settles down. It ain't going to settle down at a thousand dollars a month. Um, you know, I'd have had to clock up much more than that, but it does feel like a, an author milestone at least, you know, number one, that makes me a four-figure author. Number two, $1,000 in one month. You know, that's not bad by anybody's standards, um, even though there's a long, long way to go before we can start keeping a roof over our head with that. But it really, it does just feel to me like I've moved things on this month uh, in a good way, in a, pos- in a very positive way. So I'll, I'll let you know about those figures next week. So the, the one related to writing that I'm hoping to hit is that thousand dollar one. I, I, I'll let you know and, and give you the official announcement uh, next week. Uh, for those of you of a certain age and from the UK, I feel like we need to get Ross and Norris McWhorter from Record Breakers on just to confirm the figure. But I will give you a screenshot of my uh, book report just to confirm that so you can see the figures if we hit that target. I did tell you last week I'd let you know if I hit a thousand dollars and when I hit a thousand pounds. Um, the other target, um, that isn't really book related, it's podcast related, but I think, again, I could only guess just looking at average numbers, but I think we're going to hit a podcast download, um, record this month. 
Um, now again, you know, if you've got a big podcast and, and, and it's all very popular, this will just be peanuts to you. But, um, you know, I'm a, a new podcaster. It's been going for a year and, uh, you know, it takes time as everything does. It takes time to generate an audience, but it, it does feel, it really feels in the last couple of months, months that I'm beginning to get traction. I'll tell you about some other things that, that feed into that feeling, um, a little bit later on in the podcast, but it feels like we're beginning to, to get somewhere with the podcast you know, after about a year, really a year, 13 months. So um, the most number of podcast downloads I'd had in a month was in January of this year, which was 2,662. And um, my podcast downloads seem to be comfortably over the 2,000 mark per month now, which is which is fine. But I'm hoping that this month we might just move that on a little notch and I might hit 3,000 downloads this month. They've got two episodes uh, we've got this diary that'll go out on Saturday. I've got the next normal podcast episode that'll go out on Monday. So just knowing how the numbers work now, I, that, you know, again, touch wood, hopefully that's going to get me to the 3000 mark or we hit another milestone. Now it made me uh, dig into the podcast figures and it was very interesting actually. At Libsyn, you can see the podcast figures that you've had since you started and you'll know because I share these thoughts with you on these diaries that sometimes I look at the podcast numbers and sometimes you do wonder whether you're flogging uh, a dead horse with something but it's interesting Lipsyn shows me my numbers over time and it and it um, superimposes uh, a graph an averaged out graph and what you can see on that graph very very distinctive uh, distinctly is that my numbers are growing over time there's this yellow line and it's heading upwards. It doesn't go down. It's constantly building upwards. And that's really useful, actually, because as I say, sometimes you might have a good month and then it dips and you think, Oh, crikey, was that just a, a one off? But the, the, the aggregated numbers, if you want, that Libsyn gives you shows you that it's growing. And when you look at that, look at the baseline of where you started from, you look at how high that, that number's going. It is beginning to grow. Uh, and the reason I'm sharing that with you is I guess this relates to our author career. I got a couple of examples this week. If you've been following this podcast for any length of time, and particularly the diaries, you know, you'll have heard it all. You'll have heard, you know, you've heard me writing. You'll have heard it week by week, me doing the writing. You know about the effort and the work that goes into this. You know how much time I spend marketing. You, you, you know just how many hours go into this and you'll be doing it yourself. You know, you'll be balancing a job and trying to do it yourself. And sometimes, frankly, it feels thankless and sometimes it feels like it would be easier to just give it up and sit outside in the sunshine that we've got in the UK at this very moment. It would be easier to just do that and get a tan. But something ridiculous inside us keeps us going. And we keep thinking for whatever reason that we could do this. That's certainly how I am. You know, however many knocks I get, I still keep getting up and coming back to it. Um, and when you see the graph like that, Although it doesn't feel like it every day when you're doing the work, it's really good to see the graph and to say, and to see, I am growing. Things are getting better. They are getting better over time. And if we do that for another year, that's going to be substantially better. And think what it's like in, in two and three years time. So, you know, I, I think that so long as I feel that this growth and development is coming, so long as I'm not stagnating all the time, I'm breaking new records, which frankly, in terms of best selling authors, you know, are pretty shoddy, pretty embarrassing to admit. But that's a personal record for me. I've never come anywhere near $1,000 earnings in a month. Um, it's entirely attributable, I think, to the change in genre from sci-fi to, to the crime and thrillers. Hopefully it's because people are enjoying the book. I mean, you know, if people were reading one page of the book and say, that's a load of old rubbish I'm not reading, I'm assuming I wouldn't have got one 
104,000, you know, whatever it is, 179 page reads. So hopefully that means people are reading through. So maybe I found the right genre to be in. Maybe I found the right style. You know, but hopefully we're, we're making a bit of progress with this. Now, I'm certainly going to, all the time these figures stay strong, you know, clearly I won't be returning to sci-fi for a little while, even though I've, I've, I've been watching some authors who are writing sci-fi with wonderful book covers with um, wonderful uh, battleships on them, thinking, hmm, you know, I'm getting into the zone with the sci-fi again soon. But I'm going to keep writing the, the crime and thriller fiction because that's what's working for me uh, at the moment. A really uh, good week this week as an author. Um, and it's funny, you know, for the first time this week, I really felt like I could picture, almost touch the kind of life that I want from this. So writing is my retirement plan. And, and by retirement plan, I mean that, you know, I, my kids are growing up. I got one, maybe two going to university this year. Certainly in the next, within the next three years, you know, all my kids would have, have moved on and, and, and done what they're going to be doing with their life. And, um, I'll be 55 then. And, um, you know, at that time, I'd, I'd like to stop working and go traveling and, and work on the road. I say stop working. I mean, working for somebody else. I want to be able to earn my own income from my laptop by the time I'm 55. And that's what I'm working towards. So that when the kids move on, my wife and I can, can travel and, and just live that kind of fluid life where we're not got roots anywhere. That's the aspiration anyway. Uh, and that's what I'm working towards. That's my, my, that's my dot in the distance. When people say to you, what's your why? That's my why. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's why I'm doing this. And this is why I keep plugging away at it. And I got other financial targets within that. You know, so a lot of that I'm, I won't share, but it's about, uh, you know, a freedom life from the age of, of 55. That's really what I'd like to achieve. So I really felt like I got a sample of that this week because I just had a great week as an author. Um, on Saturday, I went to the Newcastle Writing Conference. Brilliant conference, by the way. It's held by New Writing North. And I went to their crime event last year and loved it. It was really good. They had Paula Hawkins as the special guest. And this year, and, uh, was it, is it Louise Doherty, Doughty? The lady who wrote Apple Tree Yard. She was the, uh, the guest this week. And I have to admit my ignorance in not knowing who she was when she spoke. But she did a really good keynote speech uh, on Saturday. Now, I was going there. Obviously, I went as an attendee. But I'd also got an interview booked with Rachel Abbott, who was talking about self-publishing at that event. So I got there uh, early. And Rachel got there early. And it was fantastic because we had, frankly, we had the place to ourselves. We went to sit in a corner of the cafeteria at Northumbria University. And um, I got to talk to Rachel for a full hour. I've got a proper full-length podcast interview with Rachel. I really didn't think I was going to get that. I assumed that the minute she came in, people would be hovering, wanting to, to get to her. Um, and that wasn't the case. So we were, we were, we were undisturbed except for a rather noisy lady who insisted on coming by with clunky shoes, doing something or other to one of the kitchens. With that exception, we were left alone. And, um, and I got a full interview. Now, uh, Rachel's fabulous. I, obviously you hear, uh, these authors talking on other podcasts and, and Rachel just given, uh, what I think is the best interview I've ever read. I think I'm sure it's writing magazine on self publishing. It was just, um, you know, so many people sort of say, Oh, yes, all you need is 50,000 pounds and put that in Facebook ads and you'll be rich by the end of the week. That's sort of so, uh, not in touch with most people's lives and their incomes. And, and Rachel, uh, in spite of being, you know, a multi million selling author, uh, hers, her advice was really uh, basic stuff that everybody could do. 
didn't require a budget. And that, that's why I valued it so highly. It was great to talk to her at uh, Newcastle Writing Conference. She's so, she's so uh, lovely. I mean, she's been an amazingly successful businesswoman before she even hit writing. And one of the things I was talking to her about was, are you a writer or an entrepreneur? Because it strikes me that she's one heck of an entrepreneur. When you hear her story in the interview, you don't often hear this in, in podcast interviews. They just focus on the writing. Uh, but she's, she's an amazingly successful woman and a great entrepreneur and frankly, a brilliant model for us all. And um, so I had a great conversation with Rachel and that interview is running in, in a couple of weeks time and it's a full length, 55 minute uh, interview packed as usual, I hope, with lots and lots of tips. So that was, uh, that was Saturday's event. Then on Tuesday, I traveled up to Edinburgh. So I, I did a day's work on Monday night and I traveled up to Edinburgh with my wife and we stayed overnight and my wife went off and explored Edinburgh and had great time. And I went off to the Amazon Academy. We went, we arrived late in Edinburgh on the Monday night and we went to see a late showing of the Alien film. And, um, and then as I say, um, I went off to Amazon Academy in the morning. We had breakfast at, um, one of the coffee shops, Starbucks near the station. And that was nice. Went our separate ways and then met in the evening and then had a lovely meal on the train on the way home and a glass of wine and things. And, and it was, it was lovely because, um, again, with the kids getting older, I've spent a lot of my time in my entrepreneurial years going down to London and off to conferences by myself and away from the family and away from a wife. I don't really like doing that. Um, I like to travel with my wife and my wife loves to go off and we sort of come together in the evening and, and that's how I like to do it. And, and it was brilliant doing that as a couple. It was you know lovely to sort of go off, do our own things, then come back together again. Um, and, and then also uh, this week, uh, what, what was it, uh, Thursday night? No, uh, what is it today? Friday, thir uh, Thursday, no, it's Wednesday night. Sorry, I'm getting my days mixed up. So Wednesday night, we went out again together. It was primarily for author research, but we went to see a clairvoyant um, in Carlisle. And I've had my eye on this guy uh, for, for a long time now, but I'm always really interested in this stuff. You know, I like getting um, palms read and, and I'd love to have my tarot cards done. And I'd never been to see a clairvoyant. And actually, I have a clairvoyant character in my Don't Tell Meg trilogy. He's a chap called Stephen Terry. And I really enjoyed writing Stephen Terry. And over the course of the trilogy, uh, Pete, who's the main character, um, as, as most journalists would, sits there scoffing at Stephen Terry, thinking what a charlatan he is. And in actual fact, over the course of the trilogy, they end up becoming really good mates. And Pete sort of sees what Stephen has to offer as a clairvoyant. And because I love writing this character so much, I thought I really want to see a real clairvoyant rather than seeing what I've seen on the telly. So we, we went off for this evening of clairvoyance, which was brilliant, by the way. Really, really, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I put a photo on the resources page so you can see, because this chap travels around. Um, and it is very good, very, very entertaining show. Whatever you think of it, it was, it was, you know, an excellent show. And, um, and again, you know, that just sort of gives me inspiration for my character. It just confirmed that I'd written him right and, and you know, hadn't, hadn't made a mess of the clairvoyance in the book. I'd, I'd got it all right. And, um, that also gave me some inspiration to come back to that character at some point. Um, so all in all, and, you know, I did my writing and I did a podcast interview last night. And I just thought last night when I was sitting down to watch the telly, I just thought, Joe, that was a really good week. That is a perfect author week. It's not all been work. A lot of it has been, you know, fun around the author business. And I thought, you know, that's, that's what I want. That's what I'm aiming for. 
um, and, and not to be doing it alone, to be able to do it with my wife too, um, so that it becomes a part of our, our life. And, you know, my, my hope in the future would be that we might go to a book festival for the weekend, we'd go together, book into a hotel. But, you know, my wife loves reading books and while I was doing whatever I was doing as an author, she'd go off. And I just want it to be that kind of sociable uh, environment in which to, to work, where we could do that together. And I, and I really felt like we were there this week. If you wanted to take a week and say, put that on a shelf and say, that's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm aiming for. Um, I need to tell you about the um, Amazon Academy. I had a great day. It was really, Amazon have done a really good job of these things. Now, I was there representing the Alliance of Independent Authors, remember? Um, and uh, I was supposed to do an introduction at the beginning. And then at this time, they'd put me on for two of the author chats in between. I think one was author business. The other was marketing. Now, when I got there, I spoke to, to Darren Hardy uh, from Amazon. And he said, oh, um, one of our authors for the best-selling author slot, which was first, hasn't turned up. If he doesn't get here in time, will you fill for him? So um, I, I said, "Yeah, of course. You know, of course we will. Just, just wheel me on, wheel me off." <laughs> in radio, we used to call it keeping the needles waggling. Uh, when you when you talk on the radio, you have um, sound needles that waggle, and basically, in radio terms, as long as those we- needles are waggling, you know, there's something going out on the radio. So that's why we call it keeping the needles waggling. So um, uh, you know, I, I'm very happy if you just wheel me on, wheel me off. If I know what I'm talking about, I can keep. You know, I I can fill the dead air for as long as you need. So um, I ended up at the Amazon Academy on all three sessions. I was on all day, on stage all day, uh, as well as for the introduction. Darren does the first session by himself. So they wheel me on. I just say, hello, I'm from the Alliance of Independent Authors. Just tell people what it is and then go and sit in the audience to watch Darren's presentation. Um, so I was on for all except Darren's presentation uh, on the stage all day. And you can see the photos on the resources page. And, and of course, when I was on with the best sellers, I, I effectively said, you know, I'm a fraud in that uh, I'm not like these guys, the, the best selling authors that I was with, who were genuinely best selling authors. But I am a best seller of sorts in the, in the free books. I've had, uh, you know, number ones in the USA and number one in the UK. So I am a best seller of sorts, but I'm not a best seller in pain. But obviously, I could talk about the, the questions, it was fine. And, and also, obviously, I was referring to the Alliance of Independent Authors. But I mean, they're lovely events, those. You meet, uh, it's great to be on stage with the authors and make those connections. That's fabulous, you know, to talk to real best selling authors um, and, and, to, and to learn from them. Um, there was a lady called uh, Linda Gillard who, and uh, Linda, I tried to get on the podcast before and I, I'd had to come back and it was lovely to meet Linda in person. Uh, I'd met a couple of uh, previous uh, podcast guests too. Uh, and a chap who listens to the podcast. So a gentleman called, and I'm getting my script mixed up here because I was going to do these in a different order, but a gentleman called Paul Pender, and you can find Paul at Paul Pender one on Twitter. Uh, Paul has written, um, he's the writer of the Pierce Brosnan film, uh, Evelyn or Evelyn, 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 not sure. Uh, the book, The Butler Did It and the forthcoming Detective Wolf series. And, um, he's getting into self publishing and he came up to me to say, Oh, I, I listened to the podcast and I really like the diary. So, uh, Paul, number one, lovely to meet you. Number two, thank you for your lovely feedback. Number three, I ain't forget it, forgotten. I'm getting you on the podcast at some point because, uh, Paul does script writing and we could all learn from that as independent authors. And Paul is also obviously trying to get his first self published book. Uh, going as well. So um, th- this feeds back to one of the things I was saying to you at the beginning of this episode is that it feels to me like the podcast is um, is really getting somewhere now because wherever I go to writing events, I'm generally meeting one, two or three people who say, oh, I, I listen to the podcast and I, 
I don't know them yet because they haven't made themselves known to me, but they're podcast listeners. And when you hit that level, I remember when I was an internet marketer, I went to a mastermind group and I met a chap from the Philippines who recognized me from my social media profile. And, and when you sort of get into that, when you're into that zone in your niche, it really begins to feel like um, you're getting somewhere rather than just broadcasting into the darkness. Um, so, so that was another thing that happened at the academy. Re- really enjoyed that event. I, you know, so pleased that um, Amazon have taken them out to the regions rather than just staying in London. And I think it's been really appreciated by the authors. You know, it's great to meet the best-selling authors, have a chat with them. It's great to meet Darren from uh, Amazon. It's great to meet the, the the authors in the audience. And frankly, that's where I should have been, sat in the audience. Um, and, I, you know, I did say to a couple of the, the, the authors there, you know, they say, oh, why do you do the podcast? You know, why why do you do these extra things? And I said, well, the reason that I do the extra things is that's how I got to be on a stage with Amazon when I'm not a bestseller. Um, because when you do these these things, they, they sort of brand you. And, uh, you know, people trust you. They know what you do. You've set out your stall and they trust me enough to let me go on a stage, um, with Amazon. And that wouldn't happen if I didn't put myself, uh, out there. Um, so when somebody was saying, you know, what's the benefit of a podcast? Well, uh, you know, maybe there isn't a direct financial benefit of a podcast. There's a lot of work involved. I can certainly tell you that, but I think largely with the podcast, well, there are some financial benefits to a podcast. Do you know, I make a affiliate income? from it not a lot but I, it generates affiliate income for me um it doesn't really make me much money i you know if i'm lucky i probably break even with it but um after all the costs of the podcasting host and things like that um but but i do think it is handy to have your name out there in some other capacity you know other than than author because people know that you can stand up and talk about it and you're hopefully reasonably knowledge about the top knowledgeable about the topic um so um those are the conferences this week uh, i recorded uh by sci-fi i recorded a podcast i beg your pardon with sci-fi thriller author john hindmarsh now again this is about the networking you see because john has taken part in two of my insta freebie giveaways he was a top performer in those giveaways and because he's got nice books and you know he's got all the web presence and all the things i need to talk to somebody on the podcast i got in contact with him did an interview with him last night and that's helped me with my author networking so you know all of these things help as a, as a as a pincer movement it's not just about the writing i don't think i think you have to put yourself out there in in other ways that you're comfortable with um insta freebie leads explosion that is going to be run next saturday at the alliance of independent author fringe event so next saturday the 3rd of june is the next ally author fringe and if you want to access my insta freebie leads explosion video to find out how you can build your list from zero to five thousand leads within a month for free using techniques uh, explained in that video then uh, do make sure you check that out um, another example of me I mean honestly you're gonna be sick of me soon aren't you because I'm all over the place but um, I did a, a guest blog post for Ingram Spark now again let me tell you how this came about I interviewed um, Andrew Bromley from uh, Ingram Spark on this podcast a couple of months ago Andrew suggested to the people who do the blog that I might be a good person to do a guest blog post they got in touch with me. I said, yes, I'll do a guest blog post. They hadn't got anything on email marketing. So I've done them an article on email marketing for authors. And now they want me to do more guest blog posts. Now this, you know, this all works as a pincer movement because it puts my name out there as a credible, trusted source who can talk about self-publishing. I'm on Ingram Spark. Uh, I'd like to get on Amazon at some point soon. If anybody's listening from Amazon, I am available, um, you know, to do blog posts or audio or, or whatever it is that they want. I'd also do the same with Kobo or anybody else who's got that kind of an outlet. 
Um, but it just gets your name out there. And obviously, the other thing it gives you is search engine juice. So when you start to search for my name, Paul Teague Author, all these articles from other sources are going to start coming up in the search engines. And that could really only help your author uh, brand. So I've, I'll put the link to that article, by the way, on the resources page for this diary. Um, I can't believe that I've taken my first author booking for 2018. Um, I've been booked in to do a, a social media for authors event uh, in Gretna Green, so it's just up the road from me. It's perfect for the crime and publishment event. And if you listen to the diaries regularly, you'll have heard me talking about this. I went to the event in March, loved it, decided that I really ought to have stayed overnight for the networking. I'd driven home that night. So uh, what I've done is Graham said, will you come and do us an author session? I've booked that in, which is fine on the first Friday, I think it is. And we've done a kind of a payment in kind. So I've said, look, you know, I'll come for free for Friday and Saturday. I'll pay you the going rate for a, for a hotel room. And that could be my, my payment. So I've traded for that. I've traded the ticket, which I think is about a hundred pounds for my time for the presentation. But as I said to Graham, you know, frankly, you can have it for free because I'm coming to the event anyway. And it's no skin off my nose to talk about social media. But we came to a, a sort of a, a mutually beneficial arrangement as far as that was concerned, rather than me taking a pay for that. Okay, so um, another thing I thought I'd maybe just drop into the diary now is because I am getting so many um, nice emails and, and mentions from people about the podcast and other things, I thought I'd start to just drop them into the into the diary. And I've, I've mentioned Paul Pender, who I met in Edinburgh on Tuesday. I wanted to say thank you to Ian Schofield, who also dropped me a, a, a lovely email. Thank, thanks ever so much for that, Ian. You don't, you know, you don't know, um, you know, I don't know whether people who leave uh, negative um, and fairly destructive reviews. I don't know whether they ever appreciate how much uh, damage they could do. But similarly, people who leave, you know, positive uh, reviews, and that doesn't mean you have to say you like everything, you know, but a, a lovely, genuine review from somebody who enjoys and appreciates what you're doing really go a long way to making somebody's day. And this certainly did it for me. Ian sent me a lovely email uh, just to say how much he's, he's enjoying um self-publishing journeys and I, I was really happy Ian because you said you're binge listening and I don't know whether you've ever heard Joanna Penn's uh, podcast um, Joanna Penn gets people saying oh I've discovered your podcast I've been binge listening to all the episodes and as a, as a podcast host you you really want people to discover you like you and then say oh I've got to listen to everything else on here because the value is so high so it's lovely to hear of people binge listening to all the content that you've produced it also by the way illustrates the value of a podcast you know just because you were guest number one a year ago doesn't mean that it's all over and done within that week you have longevity on a podcast and certainly as the first podcast interview because when people start to binge listen they're coming to you first you're going to be very listened to over the course of you know a year two years or three years and um Somebody like Joanna Penn, who's been podcasting for years, as she shows, you know, she's got a really big back catalogue of guests now, but they're still getting listens from people for whom her podcast is a brand new thing. They go back and they listen to all of that um, content. Um, so, Ian, you know, really thank you so much for taking the trouble to, to write that email. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And your <laughs> if you read my books, you'll know that I give um, HR departments quite a hard time. And uh, when I'd interviewed Ashley Lister, he and I had had um, a little bit of a laugh about HR departments and how we portray them in our books, because it's something we have in common. And uh, Ian has got a, a previous uh, career in HR and was just saying that he'd he'd listened to that episode through a wall of tears. So apologies for that, Ian. Uh, I don't mean all HR departments. He's based on one particular one in my past, uh, you know, from real life experiences. But thank you for sending that email. 
And also, I do want to thank um, Duncan Simpson. Uh, Duncan, um, I sort of met again. Uh, he took part in one of my recent crime and thriller uh, giveaways. But uh, Duncan has written a lovely review for the podcast. He's given me some lovely feedback about my uh, giveaways. You know, don't you know? Don't you just want to be one of these people who spreads positivity in the world, not negativity? You know, I hope. I, I don't want ever to spread negativity in, in the world. And if you think I do, you know, let me know because I don't want to do that. Um, and, you know, Duncan sent a lovely uh, positive uh, review of the podcast. Um, again, you know, it, it made my day. He's called it authentic and inspirational. Um, and, you know, that, that positivity just goes such a long way, uh, Duncan. You know, it really fuels um, the work and the creative process. So, again, you know, just thank you for taking the time and the trouble uh, to share that positive feedback. I, I really appreciate it. So that's it for this week's podcast diary. Thank you very much for bearing with me. It is, I think, it's been a really, really positive week for me this week. Um, it's, it, as I said to you earlier, it really feels like the kind of week that I, I want to be having. All I got to do is make those earnings about three or four times what they are if we hit that thousand dollar mark and generate that consistently. And I'm away. <laughs> I've got to the age of 55 <laughs> to do it, uh, to hit the target. So, you know, it does feel, though, that if you just continue doing what you're doing, you might get there, or I, I might get there. So thank you very much for listening. My guest on 29th of May is Robert Scott Norton. Robert is another person that I encountered through my first ever Insta Freebie giveaway. That was a, a sci-fi giveaway and Robert did really well in that particular um, event and uh, you know I like what he was doing and got in contact and I'm going to be getting in contact with many more authors who I, I met on those uh, giveaways. Um, unfortunately I only do one episode a week so I have to pace everybody out um, but Rob writes high octane sci-fi thrillers and he's the creator of The Tomb's Legacy. We had a really really enjoyable chat and uh, the thing about Rob is he's He's working hard. If you listen to so many independent authors are, are really working hard. And Rob does this amazing uh, long drive to work. He's done this commute for ages um, and still manages to run a family um, and, and create the books. And, uh, you know, really, these so many indie authors are working so hard. They really deserve a breakthrough. Um, and, I, you know, I, I hope we all I hope we all get it. and We all move in that direction together. Um but, uh, you know, great interview, really, really enjoyable. So please listen out for that. That's coming up on the next podcast episode on Monday. And just before I go, I just wanted to say to you that if um, if you feel that I'm not covering any genres on this podcast, I was just looking at the um, the guests that I'd had. You know, I try and mix it up. I try and mix my the gender of my guests um, and I try and, and mix the uh, genres of the interviews. But if you feel that I'm missing anything, there are some topics that you'd particularly like to know about that you feel I haven't covered yet. Some questions that you'd like me to ask to certain people. Um, you know, the, the great joy of a podcast is I can bring these people to a microphone usually. <laughs> if they don't hate what they see, they'll, they'll come to a microphone and generally talk to me without calling the police. Um, and, um, you know, if I, if I can help you with that, if I can assist you with that, if there's something that you'd like me to, to ask on your behalf or organise on your behalf, just send me an email. It's paul at paulteague.com and then I'll try and accommodate that in future weeks. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Have a fabulous week of writing, and I'll be back with you next Saturday. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.